0: The us Bibles this morning and turn to Genesis <coughs> chapter 41, <coughs> Genesis 41 this morning <coughs> and we're going to pick it up from verse uh, 28, Genesis 41 verse 28, 28 says, <coughs> sorry, this is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh, what God is about to do he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled under Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let's commit our time to the Lord. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you <clears throat> once more that we can be here this morning. We thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. And we pray this morning as we uh, gather around it that, Lord, you would help us to come with hearts that are ready to receive your word. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless us this morning, that you would refresh us through your word, challenge us through your word, and that, Lord, you would be honored and glorified uh, in all that we do. Lord, I pray that you would empower me now through the Spirit, give me wisdom and guidance as I speak, and that, Lord, everything I say this morning would be from you, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, last Sunday morning, we uh, considered the first uh, half of this chapter, if you like, and... We saw Joseph called before Pharaoh uh, to interpret his dreams. Of course, Pharaoh had had two dreams, uh, one picturing cattle, the other picturing picturing, um, the crops of the field. And in both these dreams, there were two groups of seven. The first group of seven was uh, strong and healthy. The second group, weak and sickly. But in both dreams, Pharaoh had uh, watched on as the weak had consumed or eaten up the strong. And so he had awoken, uh, distressed by these dreams, wondering what they meant, and he understood they must have been something significant, and so he sought help. And of course, he turned, first of all, to his magicians. He turned to his wise men, asking them to give him the interpretation. You know, one after another, they came before him, but because they didn't serve the one true God, they had no answer for Pharaoh. And it was then that the butler finally remembered Joseph. Joseph. You know, he'd forgotten all about Joseph for two full years, but now God triggered his memory and he remembered this this Hebrew servant, this one who had helped him while he was in prison, and he now relays those events to Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh now calls for Joseph to come before him and we saw as Joseph stood before Pharaoh and Pharaoh basically praised him for his ability to understand dreams that joseph sorry started off in verse 16 by saying it's not in me god shall give pharaoh an answer before anything else he pointed pharaoh's attention back to the lord and once pharaoh's attention and everyone else was on the lord joseph then interpreted pharaoh's dreams of course the interpretation was that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine and joseph concluded his interpretation with verse 32, where it says and for that the dream was doubled under Pharaoh twice it is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass and so he concluded by saying Pharaoh the reason God gave you the dream twice is because it is established by God it is a certainty this is going to happen and it's going to begin shortly and so the time to act is now and so it's fitting that Joseph." Now goes on to give Pharaoh instruction as to how he should respond to the word of God. And so we see first of all here this morning, Joseph's instruction. In verse 33 it says, Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Now Joseph does now what any good prophet ought to do. He gives instruction based upon the revealed word of god you know joseph didn't just warn pharaoh of what was about to happen of what was to come he also then gave pharaoh instruction as to what his response to the word of god should be the commentator butler says this generally we think of a prophet only in terms of foretelling as one who predicts the future but he is a poor prophet if he does not tell us our present duties in view of his prophetic disclosures joseph was a true prophet he not only predicted the future but he also prescribed present duty in light of the predicted future so joseph here is fulfilling his responsibility as a prophet of god he's given the interpretation showed pharaoh what god's word is and now he gives pharaoh the answer okay he tells him what his response ought to be to god's word And he instructs him here in verse 33 to 36. Uh, Let's just read it all. It says in verse 33, Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And so here we see his wise instruction unto Pharaoh. He tells Pharaoh that he needs to choose out someone, a man who is discreet and wise, and put them in charge of storing up food over the next seven years. And Joseph suggests that he takes a, a fifth part or 20 percent of all that is produced in those seven years and put into storehouses right throughout the land of egypt so that in the seven years of famine they could open those storehouses and distribute it evenly unto the people you know joseph's instructions here are indeed words of wisdom aren't they and they demonstrate to us the fact that joseph is a man of god walking with the lord and god gives him this wisdom Remember, he's only 30 years of age. He has wisdom beyond his years in a lot of ways. And God is the one who's giving him this wisdom. You know, as he speaks these words under Pharaoh, Pharaoh now needs to listen and respond. And if he will respond to Joseph's instruction, to these words of wisdom, Pharaoh will spare his nation from the the suffering that is to come by heeding the word of God, heeding the instruction of the man of God. You know, it's important that we note here that you know there's no suggestion that joseph is putting himself forward here is there you know joseph doesn't say you need to pick me and i'll take care of your problem there's no suggestion he's putting himself forward as the one that pharaoh should choose joseph here is not seeking personal gain the reason why he gives this instruction is because as i said he's fulfilling his role as a prophet he's given the interpretation he's giving the instruction the response necessary according to God's word you know as we consider Joseph's instruction here you know I don't know about you but I was reminded of our own responsibility as believers to not only warn people with the word of God but also to instruct them with the word of God to give them the answer to tell them what their response must be the solution you know warning people about judgment to come without telling them that there is a way way to escape that judgment faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that's a failure on our part isn't it you know if we just preach judgment and we fail to tell people there is an answer the Lord Jesus Christ we failed in our responsibility as prophets foretellers of the word of God foretellers of God's word you know, on this point Gusig writes this he says to this point Joseph gave Pharaoh knowledge telling him what would happen as revealed in the dreams that were a message from God now Joseph begins to apply wisdom to the knowledge. It's good to remember the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge tells you what's going on. Wisdom tells you what to do about it. You see, we need more than just knowledge of God's word, don't we? You know, man needs more than just knowledge of God's word. We need wisdom to know how to apply God's word, how to put it into practice, how to respond. You know, that's true personally. Any time we come to God's word, we need to pray that God will give us wisdom. So, we might know how we should respond to God's word. Now, of course, it's true anytime we share God's word with others, and you pray that God gives us wisdom to know how to apply God's word, if you like to, give them instruction based on the word of God. And certainly, Joseph here, he does that. Joseph demonstrates godly wisdom and faithfulness to his role as a prophet as he gives this wise instruction unto Pharaoh based upon the revealed word of god and that brings us secondly now to pharaoh's response pharaoh's response look there in verse 37 it says and the thing was good in the eyes of pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants and pharaoh said unto his servants can we find such a one as this a man in whom the spirit of god is you know joseph is the prophet declaring the message from the lord and he's given the instruction based upon that message. Pharaoh—he's the receiver of the message, isn't he? You know, Joseph's the prophet. Pharaoh's the one listening, the one receiving. And just like the the prophet has a responsibility, the one receiving, the one listening, has a responsibility as well. And that responsibility, of course, is to respond accordingly, to act upon the word of God. And Pharaoh, remarkably, does just that, doesn't he? Now, we should commend Pharaoh here for his response. You see, he heard and believed Joseph's interpretation of the dream, didn't he? Okay? He believed what Joseph had said unto him. He believed that it would come to pass exactly as Joseph had said, exactly as Joseph's God had said. He believed it was the revealed word of God. And it's because he, he believed it to be true that he now seeks to obey this wise instruction given unto him commentator butler commentated and said this he said the prudence and promptness of pharaoh in believing the warning and obeying the instructions from god's messenger benefited him immeasurably as it will anyone who reacts so positively to divine revelation you see anytime someone reacts positively to divine revelation it benefits them You know, and it's sad, isn't it, that more people today don't respond like Pharaoh. You know, a lot of the times today when we share the word of God, we get a thank you. Oh, that's nice. Thanks for sharing. But there's no desire to act upon it, is there? There's no desire to obey and put into practice God's word or to believe it by faith. Many fail to believe and therefore they see no urgency, no urgency to obey. But not Pharaoh. Pharaoh believed the message, and he saw the urgency, and so he obeyed. It results in obedience. In verse 37 and 38, as we read before, we see Pharaoh immediately, he knew who this discreet and wise man should be. Just look there again in verse 37. It says, And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? You know, Pharaoh straight away knew that Joseph was the solution. Joseph was this discreet and wise man who should be put in charge of all these things. And notice what re- what reason Pharaoh gives. He says there at the end of verse 38, A man in whom the Spirit of God is. That's the reason he chooses Joseph. He, he can see that this man has a relationship with God. has a relationship with God. You know, Pharaoh, he had many wise men didn't he we, we saw he called them before him he had many wise men he had magicians but joseph stood out as different there was something different about joseph he stood out head and, head and shoulders above the rest and it's because of his relationship with god and pharaoh understood that and we've seen that multiple times throughout joseph's life haven't we you know potiphar noticed the difference in joseph's life his relationship with god the jailer noticed the difference in joseph's life his relationship with god and now pharaoh notices the difference it's his relationship with god you know we mentioned it last week but god's timing in this was all perfect wasn't it you know by the time joseph is called to the palace the wise men have all had their chance and they've all failed miserably and so they've all been shown to be Useless basically to have no ability at all. It's it's been shown that their gods have no ability at all. And so their failure, their lack of wisdom, now serves to highlight just how powerful Joseph's God is, serves to highlight the wisdom of Joseph's God and the wisdom that this young man has because of God. You see, God's timing means that Joseph stands out from the rest, and it means that Joseph is chosen to be this one who will head up or oversee this great uh, task of storing food for the next seven years. In verse 39 to 40, we see jo- uh, Pharaoh then inform Joseph of his decision. He says in verse 39, <clears throat> Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. And and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Pharaoh now informs Joseph of his decision. That he is the one he has chosen to head up this great task. Now imagine Joseph's reaction in that moment when he heard these words from Pharaoh. When he hears him make this declaration. You know it wasn't that long ago that Joseph was sitting in prison wondering if he would ever get out of prison if he'd ever have a change in his circumstances. And now all of a sudden he's not just been called to the palace for a one-off occasion he's been called to the palace he's given this wise interpretation that the Lord's given him and instruction and now he finds out that he's going to be second in command over all of Egypt. God is indeed good isn't he? God is good. Yeah, one commentator wrote this, Joseph's promotion at this point in his life is mind-boggling and almost breathtaking. One day he's a restricted Hebrew slave serving an open-ended prison sentence. The next day he's in Pharaoh's court interpreting his dreams, giving his wisdom and and advice. And then he was assigned to the highest position in the Egyptian government outside being the king himself. You see, the point is this truly is a miracle of the Lord, isn't it? It's a miracle of the Lord. It's a miracle God has been preparing Joseph for his whole life. And only God could bring something so amazing as this to pass. It couldn't happen by chance. Only God could bring it to pass. You know, Joseph, as he heard these words from Pharaoh, he must have understood what God had been doing in his life for all those years. You know, as he heard these words, he must have looked back on his life and remembered those dreams when he was 17. Remember the dreams that he saw? You know, picturing his brethren bowing down to him, showing obeisance under him, and he, and he knew that one day he'd be exalted to be over them. He didn't know how it would happen. He didn't know when it would happen. But now after years of waiting, 13 years of suffering, here he is, he's in the palace. God has lifted him from prison to being in the palace, to being in this exalted position, and now it begins to all fall into place, doesn't it? How God's will will come to pass. Joseph must have been excited to see what God had done. Must have been rejoicing, you know, offering up a prayer in his mind, as we all do, unto the Lord. A prayer of thanksgiving for what God had done. You know, the extent of his privileges, power, and prestige is seen in all that Pharaoh now does for him. In verse 41, we're told that he is set over all the land of Egypt. It says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. He's in charge of the whole nation. Now, this is a huge responsibility. You know, the nation of Egypt at this time was effectively the superpower. Okay? It was the empire. You know, it was comparable in size and influence to that which the Babylonian empire would later have. And so this is a massive, massive responsibility that's put upon his shoulders. He is over all the land of Egypt. And then in verse 42 and 43, we see Pharaoh gives him certain things to go with this position. It says in verse 42, And Pharaoh took off his ring from, uh, from off his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. He gives him a few things here he gives him first of all his ring which basically gives joseph the authority of the king it means that joseph is able to sign any decree any declaration any law any invoice make any payment whatever he likes in the name of the king he has the authority of the king he's acting as king effectively isn't he, he Has the ring of the king upon his hand we also see that Pharaoh gives him vestures of fine linen. These are the robes of a statesman. No royal robes fitting of his new position, made from the finest linen linen, in other words, the very best materials, the most expensive. Again, think about this for a second. Joseph has been in the rags of prison, and now he's he's wearing kingly raiment. In a moment, in an instant, God has changed his whole circumstances. It shows how god can change things for us so instantly can't he god is in control of all these things he goes from prison rags to kingly raiments he's also given a gold chain Uh, butler says this the chain signified the nobility of the statesman whereas the ring gave authority the chain was the symbol of authority so this gold chain about his neck basically told everyone who joseph was told them his rank his position his authority if you like you know in the army you have you know your stripes or whatever on your shoulder or whatever might be that's the idea here as people looked at him they saw this chain they saw his rank and it said second in command behind pharaoh himself and then in verse 43 we're told that on top of this he's given the prestige of riding in pharaoh's second chariot let's just read that verse 43 it says and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried before him, bow the knee and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. <clears throat> He's given Pharaoh's second chariot. and Basically now as Joseph rides through the streets, he has an entourage before him. He has a personal guard and they're crying out to everyone, bow the knee. Everyone has to show respect unto Joseph just like they would if it was the king who was coming. You see, the point is, Joseph is given now a great position of honour and prestige, isn't he? He's lifted up out of prison to this position of being second in command and all this prestige, all this honour goes with this position. And his authority is summed up for us in verse 44. It says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot, in all the land of egypt basically what pharaoh says here is he says i'm i'm king but nothing's going to happen without going through you nothing's going to happen without crossing your table and you giving it the sign of approval this is an incredible amount of authority isn't it to be put upon the shoulders of someone so young as joseph you know as i mentioned earlier only god could bring something so amazing something so incredible to pass and it demonstrates the truth of Proverbs 21. Just turn over there, Proverbs. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 21. <clears throat> Verse 1. It says this, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord of the lord that truly was the case here wasn't it the king's heart was in the hand of the lord the lord was moving behind the scenes he was working in pharaoh's hearts to bring this wonderful exaltation to pass it was all of god I mean, you know we also see demonstrated the truth of psalm 75 that promotion comes from the lord just turn there psalm 75 <clears throat> psalm 75 and verse 6. It says for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but God is the judge. He putteth one down and setteth up another. Promotion is from the Lord and there is no doubt that this promotion was from the Lord and God had prepared Joseph for this position hadn't he? He prepared him perfectly to fulfill this role and so that's our third point this evening God's Preparation. Sorry, this morning. God's preparation. Just go back there to Genesis 41. I just want to read to the, at the end of the chapter there from verse 45. It says, And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zathnath-Paneah and he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of on. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from before. Uh, from the presence of Pharaoh, and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field, uh, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much, until uh, until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine, Uh, before the years of famine came, which Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said he hath made me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of Plenteas, that was in the land of Egypt, were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all the lands, Um, But in all all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because the famine sorry because of the famine was so sore in all lands you know as we read the conclusion of the chapter here we read joseph taking on this role and and everything that he does to prepare during those seven years we see joseph handled this responsibility really well didn't he he handed this great task that was given unto him with grace and proficiency he fulfilled the role perfectly during those seven years of plenteous, storing up all the necessary food. And when the time came, when the famine came, Pharaoh instructs his people, he says, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you to do. That's verse 54 there, it says, and the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. He says, go to Joseph, and whatever he tells you to do, you do it. You see, the point is that Joseph not only had the responsibility of organising all this storage, but when the time came and the storehouses were open, he was in charge of distributing that food. And just think about how, how massive that task really is. You know, he has all these people who are starving, these people who are struggling coming to him and he has to distribute it evenly, make sure it lasts for seven years. And it's not just the Egyptians coming, he has all the other nations coming as well. This is a massive task that is all put upon the shoulders of one so young. You see, it all rests upon Joseph. And yet Joseph somehow handles this responsibility, you know, with, without skipping a beat, if you like. He handles it with grace and proficiency. And the reason he's able to cope so well is because God prepared him. That's why he was able to do this task. God prepared him for the job. You know, God prepared him to manage the nation of Egypt. God prepared him to save the people from starvation. And of course, as we know, to save his own family from starvation. And you know, that preparation began years before, didn't it? Even before he came to Egypt, God was preparing him back home. Because if you remember, when he was back home, he was given that coat of many colours by his father. You Remember when we talked about that? That coat of many colours is this long-sleeved, long-hemmed coat. And it symbolised that he was given the birthright by his father. That he was going to be the head of the family one day. And so his father was already putting responsibility upon Joseph. He was in charge of the herds, the flocks. He had a position of authority within his own household. And then, of course, God moved him down to Potiphar's house. And it wasn't long before Joseph was raised to being in charge of Potiphar's house, overseeing everything. Potiphar left and trusted everything to his care. And then, of course, he was in prison. And once more, he's raised to being in charge over all the affairs of the prison. You see, as we look back now over all those events, and even as Joseph looked back, we can see that god had been preparing him for this time god had been preparing him for this position of authority <clears throat> this position of management if you like over the nation of egypt you know the lord had been training him teaching him how to be a good steward the lord had been teaching him how to run a country on a small scale each of those responsibilities was this job on a small scale wasn't it you know at home As the the heir, the, the one who was the head of the family, this is the responsibility. In Potiphar's house, this was the responsibility. In the jail, this was the responsibility. God had given it to him on small scale and now he is thrust into this position on a large scale, the largest scale, in charge of the nation. You know, God had trained him and it was only when he was ready that God put him into the role. But you know, perhaps the greatest and most important lesson that Joseph had been taught through all those years was humility. God taught him to be humble. You know, in verse 46, we see that Joseph, he's only 30, isn't he? <clears throat> it says, and Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. He's 30 years old when this responsibility is put upon his shoulders this is an incredible burden for someone so young and the temptation would have gone with it to be filled with pride wouldn't it to be puffed up with pride look at me look at how great i am the commentator gertz writes this he says when pharaoh gave joseph this high position he was only 30 years old few men have been given this kind of power and authority at so young an age. And when they are, it frequently leads to arrogance, irresponsible behaviour, and often their downfall. Many others put into a similar position would have been destroyed by this amount of authority. The commentator Butler says a similar thing. He says, Joseph was put over every Egyptian except Pharaoh. Such a great elevation would be the ruin of most people. Only a man like Joseph, schooled in adversity and sorrow, could meet a sudden elevation like this without pride and self-exaltation. His rigorous training enabled him to encounter success without succumbing to its flatteries. You see, God had prepared him adequately so that when he was in this position, he didn't get lifted up with pride. His heart wasn't lifted up. He remained humble. You know, he would have faced the temptation of pride, as we all would. But the years of preparation, the years of hardship had taught him humility. And so he faced this test, and it's because of his humility that God was able to exalt him, isn't it? It's because he was a humble man. You know, Joseph, he'd been faithful in little, and so God now was able to entrust him with much. You know, Matthew 25, Christ taught a parable about that very truth, didn't he? And in verse 21, it says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. You know, that perfectly describes Joseph, doesn't it? Faithful in little, the little tasks he was given along the way, so that God now could exalt him and give him much. Wherever God placed him, he remained faithful. He kept trusting God, and he remained humble. And that's why God exalted him. That's why God could use him. You know, James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. It's the humble that God chooses, that God exalts. James 4 verse 6 also says, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. You see, beloved, may we like Joseph learn to humble ourselves before God. You know, be content with where God's got us. Be faithful in the position he's given us, though small it may seem. Be faithful there first, humble, content, and faithful to the Lord. For it's those who are faithful, those who are humble, that God can entrust with much, that God exalts and uses to his glory. May the Lord help us today to be like Joseph, be a humble servant, someone God can use. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for Joseph. And Lord, every step of the way, we see his humility, we see his faithfulness to whatever task you gave him. And Lord, he always performed it well. And Lord, it's a testimony to, uh, Lord, his heart. And Lord, may you help us to likewise humble ourselves, to be content where you've got us and to serve faithfully where you've placed us. And Lord, may you help us to remain humble so we might be someone you can use to your glory. Lord, bless as we close, as we depart from this place. In Jesus' name.